Magneto Funky, number 173. It's Friday, November 20th, 2020. Hey, Larry here. Okay, stating up front, I started writing the script for this show the week before Election Day because no matter what the outcome, I'm feeling I need to speed up my timetable for going West Coast walkabout because the next two years are going to be crazy and San Francisco is feeling more and more like a stationary target. I mean, even now... A couple of weeks after Election Day, I'm still wearing my poll worker pin because the expected Trump temper tantrum is playing out after Biden won. From screaming voter fraud to continuing to raise money from his lynch mob base as the go-to-hell GOP plays right along. Anyway, this episode is rightly called Fallout because the politically radioactive dust ain't about to settle. And the music this time out is a mix of newly submitted and somewhat exclusive tunes with a lead-off on the theme of Fallout. When you got nowhere to go But you know
Okay, that was The Fallout by Wake Up Eric, a rock one-man outfit from Culver City, California, uh, pulled from the free MP3 stacks at Reverb Nation. Now, this cat has no information whatsoever on his page as to when the song was posted or even when the page was set up. There's no gig info, nothing else. But, hey, the piece works as either a sincere or a snarky feature tune. Anyway, uh, the closeout piece also has Fallout in the title, and it's worth hanging around for. Okay, this is a laid-back and often explicit, you bet your ass, uh, international podzine and personal journal of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics with a focus on energy independence for the 99%. My pod page is 1223studios.com slash mfunky.h and the Twitter is at MagnetoFunky. Well, back to the old drawing board. Okay. In Grid Theory. Uh, if this is your first time listening... Here's the elevator pitch, and I've been doing this off and on now. My focus on energy independence resulted in a working model 100-watt, 12-volt, battery-operated, self-charging phantom solar power plant that splits the positive and runs two separate loads. A power loop using a 2-amp boost-buck converter or imitation 20-watt solar panel through a 10 amp solar charge controller to the charging battery and an open circuit output to an 8 amp boost buck converter or imitation 100 watt solar panel to a 12 volt outlet and 150 watt power inverter. Now the system runs small AC appliances like my laptop and a Dremel tool for sculpture work while one battery charges the other. A switch flips the batteries between run and charging states. The switching system was patented over a hundred years ago by one Carlos F. Benitez, a civil engineer in Guadalajara, Mexico. I modified his 1918 patent using conventionally available parts and equipment. It can theoretically be scaled up to a 1,000-watt emergency grid-tied power backup system for people who live in an SRO or are otherwise too low-income to ever afford a Tesla Powerwall or anything with Tesla's name on it. And now, in the aftermath of the election, no matter which way it went, I decided to move up the gear prep of my power plant. Uh, sticking with the 100 watt system. Now, the 300 watt upgrade would require a 1200 watt booster, 500 watt power inverter, two 22 amp hour batteries, a 20 amp charge controller, and a minimum 50 watt solar panel. But with the existing system, I can get away with a pair of 12 amp hour batteries and a dinky little 25-watt backpack solar panel, and I can upgrade later. A 25-watt panel will charge a flat 
12 volt, 12 amp hour battery in about six hours or one day of decent California sun. These batteries go for an average of 20 to 30 bucks each. Well, online and only a little bit more locally. Uh, two of them only weigh around 15 pounds with a smaller footprint in the cargo trailer. The solar panel can be tied to my shopping cart cargo trailer or it can hang off the backpack I'll be wearing. A quick Google shopping check says a 25 watt 12 volt panel starts around 30 to 40 bucks and goes up from there and a 50 watt panel starts around 50 bucks and goes up from there if you trust eBay or Banggood or AliExpress. Now since I got banned from Craigslist I pretty much stopped going there for anything but since some things have to be bought online if by long shot chance the GOP pulls a rat bastard move via the Scrotus or a Jiggered Electoral College and they actually reinstall President Super Spreader I might just unban Shenzhen from my eBay vendor source list for expediency. Well, since China is where P. Grabby actually pays his damn taxes. Well, at any rate, I updated the power plant control panel with a travel safety cover and I moved the 1200 watt booster below the batteries and the solar panel on the shopping list. And as for upgrading, it wouldn't be that hard to do on the road. I mean, just give me the components, another Tupperware container, my soldering iron, exacto knife, and wire cutters, and I can make do. Okay, uh, practice camp stuff coming in a bit. Okay, back to the stage. Continuing with an eclectic set of new releases, starting off with an exclusive drop from Audionautics a.k.a. Jason Shaw, a composer, producer, engineer out of Pittsburgh. The piece is Iceberg, from a set of new exclusive tracks not available anywhere yet.
next tune is It's a Man's World, an alternate take on the James Brown classic by L.A. punk artist Crow Jane from her solo debut album, Mater Dolorosa. Ooh, kick-ass video, too. Okay, next up, it's When We Were Young, a some more dark wave by Amsterdam-based band Clan of Zymox from the album Spider on the Wall I featured recently. Uh, they're on Metropolis Records. Oh, I- 
set with another Sam Rosenthal Project Records collaborative piece, uh, released October 9 to mark the centennial of Timothy Leary's birth. It's called Tim, Where Are You Now? An electronic space music slash art rock collaboration with the label's electronic artists. Uh, This particular piece is Trip One, featuring Alex Cox. Uh, I featured this piece in hopes of getting back to life where politics doesn't fill every waking damn moment of the day. It took about a half hour to hit, and it came sudden and irresistible. An endless deep swampy marsh on some other planet teeming and steaming with energy and light. It was the center of life. A burning, dazzling, throbbing, radiant core, pure pulsing, exalting light. An endless flame which contained everything. Sound, touch, cell, seed, sense, 
soul, sleep, glory, glorifying. Within this pulsing flame, it was possible to look out and see and participate in the entire cosmic drama, past and future. All forms, all structures, all organisms, all events were illusory. Everything I'd ever experienced and read about was dancing before me like the strange, ever-changing stage props of an ancient television production, pulsing from the central eye, endless and indescribable. I found myself on my feet moving through this puppet show directed and designed by some unknown intelligence. I'm the pathetic clown, the shallow, corny, 20th century American, caught in a world of his own making, not realizing that the goals and ambitions he strives for, the serious games he struggles with, are simply the episode's comic relief, a brief clown act. I'm at this new level of reality in a daze, stunned and trying to figure out what to do with these new revelations, how they make sense. It was the most shattering experience of my life, trapped in a time loop, repeating a brief television commercial over and over again at the station break. A. Geek Notes Denial and isolation, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. So where are we at? Stages 1, 2, and 3 all happening at once. And stage 4 will be what? A surprise attack in Iran? It's not the stages of grief with the go-to-hell GOP. It's stages of revenge against the country for voting some of these motherfuckers out. Because I'm not convinced that the votes for Senators Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, and Susan Collins weren't rigged. 
I mean, we're all at the stage of getting away from an abusive partner who's still in the rearview mirror chasing after you for the next two months with no break for the holidays. Anyway, most of what I would have put here was already tweeted over the past couple of weeks. So these points are just extra. I'm not calling this dented tin pot dictator Orange Queenie anymore. From now until the inaugural, he's the lame duck in an orange jumpsuit, still causing chaos with diminishing returns, more annoying than feared. Knock on wood. You pollsters, you can all go pound sand unless and until your models can sample everybody. There's no such thing as a monolithic ethnic or class group in the U.S. anymore, but there will always be caste groups with divisions by race, like how some good old boys and some male rappers with identical toxic masculinity worldviews having no problems back in the next poster boy for rape culture the GOP happens to prop up. And a point I'm bringing back from before, the corporate Dems, GOP moles, and saboteurs I don't want anywhere near Biden's cabinet. Like Rahm Emanuel, anybody from Chicago named Daly, Amy Klobuchar, Tim Geithner, Tim Perez, Meg Whitman, Arnie Duncan, Lawrence Summers, Henry Paulson, Ben Bernanke, Jamie Dimon, anybody else I missed from Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo, anybody who couldn't pass a short arm inspection by the squad or Elizabeth Warren, who better be in the cabinet somewhere. Oh, and by the way, NPR, y'all are already switching focus from overcoverage of right-wingers because they're the party in power to overcoverage of right-wingers because they're the loyal opposition. Hmm. Screw you for normalizing the 2021 civil war. Oh, I do have a lot more to say, for instance, about the vaccines that haven't passed clinical trials yet and what the country may be like after the pandemic because the end is in view even though it's still a year away, but that's enough for now. So for the duration, if you have promos, pluggers, gig info, an art opening, etc., send me an email, and I may add it to my Twitter feed if possible. The address is mfunkyzine at gmail.com. And no, my voice normally ain't this damn scratchy. It only happens when I get ready to start recording. Jeez. Transfer complete. Okay, in-grid practice. Yeah, once I actually get my tarps for the tent condo, and I still want the camo, where to actually pitch a tent? 
Well, here, bumping the timetable gets tricky as it applies to getting a few shakeout trips done. Uh, the big issue is, frankly, the hassle of finding a conveniently close spot to practice camp. I mean, there is plenty of state park, national park, wilderness, and bureau land management camping areas within a day's ride. But many are still closed or severely restricted due to the recent wildfires and the continuing COVID-19 lockdown, which just backslid. Now, most of these places require reservations months in advance, and the closest ones are pricey. Well, for example, the Rob Hill Campground in the Presidio, they'll run you like 80 to 125 bucks a night. There are a couple $5 a night sites in the Marin Headlands, but they're all closed until March. You know, the season is over. The Bureau of Land Management campsites are further out. Uh, the best pick so far going north would be the Point Reyes National Seashore Campground. Now that's 35 miles up Highway 1, which is normally open year-round and has a few single and group sites available for like 20 bucks a night that can be reserved a couple of weeks in advance. Although visitor reviews from earlier this year stated that there were aggressive homeless squatters hassling single women. And after the recent Woodward fire hit the area, the site remains closed until further notice. The closest pick south would be the Half Moon Bay State Beach. That's about 28 miles down Highway 1, where some camping is still available. And they have hike and bike campsites at, I'm guessing, between 5 and 10 bucks a night with a two-night limit. Now, that's much better. At any rate, I could try it with whatever tarps I could get before Christmas or just wait till the winter season that's already started is done by March when it's going to be spotty off and on rain. When most day campgrounds start up again, uh, March peak season starts around April. But then I'd rather stealth camp to avoid the crowds. Yeah, the biggest hassles with safety and theft occurs in crowded campsites. And any camping in a national forest or park that's under the Bureau of Land Management will require some kind of a bear canister because a part of the central coast does run through black bear territory. Uh, roughly from Monterey down through Big Sur to San Luis Obispo. And since I'm not going through the Sierras, where Sequoia, Kings Canyon, and Yosemite parks are, I don't need an expensive official IGBC Interagency Grizzly Bear Committee Canister, a DIY unit made out of a construction-grade industrial five-gallon bucket with a twist lid, will do for black bears, but more for raccoons and rats. Because I've learned front country campsites, like right off the road, like those along the Pacific Coast bike route, are more prone to newbie or weekend campers who don't follow guidelines like proper garbage handling. 
meanwhile, I'm going through a ton of bike touring and bike packing the California coast resources for overnight stealth camping and boondocking tips. And as for the trailer, my packing solution using just the stuff I already have is, is going to be some combination of the big sports duffel bag I have, my five gallon bucket bear canister, and the big backpack I used at last year's stone camp. <laughs> last year feels like three years ago. Well, either way works with the studio bag, the camp chair, and camp table. Uh, I'm going to get a fanny pack to hold snacks during the day and, you know, like big Ziploc dry bags for the panniers, etc. would be the last real backpacking gear I need and a mount for the camera. <laughs> now, I'm not taking the trailer on my first overnight practice camps, but I will do a few shakeouts to Golden Gate Park with a full load. I mean, I'm still a bit paranoid about the cart because as far as I'm concerned, it's the weakest link. So far, I found one comment made to a bikepacking blog uh, from early last year. A guy who rode cross country with a folding shopping cart trailer with no modifications mentioned and nothing broke. So it's rare, but I mean, I can't be the only one doing this, can I? Okay, for this week's One More Tune, we close out with a cool keyword number. In the fallout shelter on typewriters dreaming slash bounding toward the snowy horizon. Now that's a sound collage by not work safe, the fucked up beat, a noir schizo hop sound project from New York City by Eddie Palmer and Brett Zayner. Uh, this is from a 2014 release. They say they release under the name Cloud Warmer now, but you can still find them by the old name at their Bandcamp page, where their latest release is the 2020 album Rust Belt. Nice headpiece. <laughs>
Well, okay. Hey, this is a 1223 Studios joint. I'm on almost all the popular podcast platforms, the latest being Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Show notes are on the pod page. Send email to mfunkyzine at gmail.com. If you like the show, subscribe. Tell your friends, why don't you? And if Biden in any way makes noises about letting any of these goddamn GOP traitors and neo-confederate enablers off the hook, say hello to President for Life Tom fucking Cotton in 2024. Show themes, Rocket Power and Spyglass, by New York musician and composer Kevin McLeod. Some additional audio from freesound.org. The next episode is set for whenever I have enough music and get fed up enough to spout off again. But, yeah, let's just see where we are before Christmas. I'm Larry, trying hard to stay chill at my garret in the mission. And this is Magneto Funky from San Francisco, where we will go through, not into, the darkness.